Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Jenna Morton. And today we have an extremely special guest with us because it is a cause near and dear to my heart. We are going to talk about prematurity and all kinds of wonderful things with Rachel Como. Hi guys. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all, and uh, very excited to talk about prematurity, especially in November, uh, you know, having World Prematurity Day that is November 17th, I think uh, this is a cause that's close to both of our hearts. Uh, and I think Tosh as well, you've had some people who have talked to you about their stories and you've heard about all kinds of uh, extraordinary NICU stories as well. So uh, can't wait to talk about it with you guys for the next minutes. <laughs> <laughs> about 20 minutes. So. 20 minutes. Awesome. There, it's going to be awesome. And uh, for those of you who don't know Rachel and her story, uh, we did talk a couple years ago about things. So if you want the full in-depth version, go back and listen to that episode. But for the, uh, the, the quick version, tell everyone just a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what has come of your preemie story. Absolutely. So um, I found out in 2019 that I was pregnant with triplets. And uh, I was also told that it was going to be a high-risk preg high pregnancy. And when you find out that you're going through a high-risk pregnancy, um, you're followed by maternal fetal clinic, but you're also prepared for possible NICU time. Um, luckily, we were prepared for it. Like, we knew having triplets, we would be spending some NICU time. Um, what we didn't anticipate is having our triplets on March 4th, 2020, and then being in the midst of the pandemic when we got discharged, right? So. Uh, we spent 26 days in the NICU, uh, two boys and a girl. Uh, basically, uh, feeders and growers what is what we had. No major uh, issues. Uh, we had to go into early labor at 32 weeks because one of my babies, which was baby B, Xavier, he, his umbilical cord wasn't growing. So it wasn't working, so he wasn't growing. And when you find out during an ultrasound that you're going to go into labor within 24 hours um, and the reason it took so long was mostly because it was triplets like essentially I would have went right into an emergency c-section but having triplets are like no time out we need to get enough people for the ER we it's the same thing the with twins right like we need to make sure we have staff because each need baby gets its own team and you need respiratory yeah. therapists you need like neonatologists you need all kinds of special people in that room very uh, to crowded. care for you <laughs> and the husbands freak out because <laughs> my husband was like I'm just dizzy like this is just too much going on and I think we had about close to 30 people in our ER when we um, had our c-section so it's scary I think I had two doctors actually because they decided to like they wanted to be part of this journey so <laughs> at 32 weeks and one day um, I had my triplets and spent 26 days in the NICU and our gratitude towards the NICU cannot be defined like I can never like I still know my nurses names by their first names I remember how many kids they had you remember their their voice like sometimes you're at home and you're like oh, I miss you know Denise or I miss Julie or I miss so-and-so so you get that feeling mm -hmm. of their family right so uh, yeah. for us we started Tiny Dreams campaign in 2020 uh, to support the Moncton Hospital NICU you literally just gave me goosebumps as you started naming names because I'm like I'm there. I know this. Part. I know. Yes, <laughs> like totally. Um, so yeah. So in in case people don't un, don't know the connection, yeah, my boys were also born at 32 weeks, twin boys, mm -hmm. and we spent 35 days in the NICU. And same thing. It's it does it it changes you for sure forever. And 
what you did coming out of that with Tiny Dreams campaign is now changing the experience again in a very positive way for a lot of people. So we'll talk about this idea of just like suddenly coming out of that experience and right away being like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to start this nonprofit organization. <laughs> you're, you're giving, I was going to say, you're yeah, giving me yeah. goosebumps because <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing, right? We're doing it for future NICU parents. So um, essentially, when we left the NICU, we were in the pandemic, our community was amazing, right? We had doorstop, uh, doorstep drop-offs of food. We had other parents of multiples dropping us clothes. Um, you know, even baby formula. Whatever we were missing, everyone kind of jumped in and was like, okay, we're facing COVID, this is all new to everyone. Um, everyone had empathy, but there was the whole triplet factor, right? Um, and when you talk about your NICU journey, people kind of connect with it. And we were just sharing posts on Facebook. Uh, we were talking about you know, milestones, uh, talking about feel-good stories with our nurses as well. Um, and when we got home, my husband thought I was a little bit crazy, uh, like about eight months after, so my babies were about eight months old, premature, so about six months, right, in their their real development age, um, I decided that it was a good idea for us to try to find a way to give back to the NICU. So his mind was, let's do like a check and a donation yeah. or do something, <laughs> right? My idea was, let's bring something to the NICU, like a rocking chair or something. So while brainstorming and looking what other NICUs did, we came up with Beads of Courage. So Beads of Courage is actually in pediatrics. So what happens is, every treatment or every procedure that a, a child goes through, they get a bead. Mm -hmm. So you see occupational therapy, you get a bead. You go for eye drops, you get a bead. You, ha you get picked, you get pricked, you get whatever, you get a bead. So some of these like beads of courage necklaces, we'll call them, are immensely huge, right? And it's touching because then you see this child has spent so many times in the, mm -hmm. so many, so many procedures and so much time in the hospital. So Flashback, we said, well, they don't have it in an NICU in Moncton, right? But it did exist as an NICU program within Canada. So we're like, okay, let's investigate. We checked it out. It was about like a startup cost, I think of $5,000 to just get Beads of Courage in the NICU. And then we said, we'll go with 5,000 and then next year we'll go get like another 500 and replenish the beads if we need to. And to our surprise, the community just stepped up. We raised over $7,000 that year. Uh, one man or two man show, my husband and I, with our kids in lockdown in a house with you know growing little triplets so we said you know what this is actually having an impact and we were able to bring beads of courage unfortunately because of the pandemic it took us a full year before we could see it happening in the NICU but then the year passed so it's another month of November another month to have something done for prematurity world month right so we said, okay, well, we did that, that worked. We don't necessarily need to replenish the beads because they haven't started because of the pandemic and back orders, et cetera. What else can we do? And everyone thought we were ending it. Like, they're like, they're gonna do it for a year. They're gonna do logos and do all kinds of fun stuff. It's gonna be a fun project. But then we just wanted more. We wanted to give more. We wanted to have a bigger impact. So the Moncton Hospital announced that they were going to build their new mm -hmm. maternal uh, facility with the NICU embedded within it, right? And well, looking what the IWK could offer, we realized that we were missing a big factor in the planning of that NICU, and it was the cameras. And the cameras are the equivalent of having a baby monitor at home, mm -hmm. right? So you get to go home with your child, your child is sleeping upstairs, you get to see your baby on the monitor, right? Mm -hmm. In the NICU, you leave to go take a shower, 
grab a bite to eat because you can't eat in the NICU, right? Everything is sterile. Everything is very sanitized. You don't want to be like, okay, should I call the nurse to check in? They will let you know if something goes really bad, but they also want to make sure that you want to make sure that they're focusing on your child's care, not right. necessarily answering phones, right? <laughs> that was like the big aha moment for us. So my husband said like, you know, you'd go home to pump milk and you don't have any connection with your child because they're not even in the same like space as you. So he said, how much, how great would that have been on your phone to have like an app or something that you could still see the kids, you could see they were doing okay, you could see they're sleeping, you see them like moving their little lips because they do that little like sucking motion. <laughs> and it just gives you that like motherly feeling or parental feeling. So we embarked on a new adventure and when we started checking, so we, we committed to it before checking cost, <laughs> which is something <laughs> that, you know, yeah. Sounds like something a parent of a multiple does, right? Yeah, like, yeah, we're, like, yeah we're doing this. Let's yeah. register our kids in hockey. No, maybe not, right? <laughs> so um, when we did that, it was eye-opening because then we realized it's not just putting like a webcam, right? You have security, you have connectivities. There are some cameras that exist that are, and that's the ones that we're aiming for, that will give the doctor medical stats so they can see the child as well. So if the wow. nurse calls to say like, I need to give this kid this yep. kind of treatment, I can see statistics, I can see how the baby's heart rate is going, how things have gone, how many, um, um, I don't know, you're going to help me with this, the word when their heart drops. Uh, oh, the Brady's? Yes, yeah. Brady's. I'm like, I know, I know you know this. Right there. Yeah. Um, so the more we did our research, we realized that to be able to supply cameras to all the beds in the new NICU, we needed about $50,000. Um, so last year we said, okay, let's try to get twenty. And we'll see how that goes and we'll hope we get 20. <laughs> we were kind of like, okay, this is a big jump from five to 20. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, we had two volunteers jump on to help us out. So we had two extra people uh, kind of really get like roll up their sleeves and they said, okay, how can we get $20,000 in like four weeks? And I'm like, oh, ah, piece <laughs> of cake, right? <laughs> like, let's just, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we approached companies, we did corporate donations, we did an auction, um, and what really helped us there is the uh, Friends of the Moncton Hospital offered two WestJet tickets, so that helped a lot. Uh, and we just reached out to the community again, and again, we were surpassed because I think we ended up with just over 23,000. Oh, so, <laughs> in four weeks. So we were like, okay, this is doable. Still in the pandemic, which kind of helped us because everything was social media driven. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, we're halfway there. And then we knew how much effort we put in that year. And we're like, okay, we got to do this again next year and then we'll have it wrapped up, right? So here we are. Uh, we're, I, I have to check the date because I'm so <laughs> into it. November 9th. So we're nine days into November. Um, and we had to be creative on ways to find people to contribute and donate and collaborate. Because the economy isn't what it used to be, right? And a lot of families are struggling and this cause is still really important, right? So how can we get people involved without having to go and say like, okay, Tosh, open up your purse, come on. <laughs> yeah. But that they still feel they get something out of it. And that's where we struggled in October where we're trying to think, we're like, okay, we need to be creative. We need to find ways to capture that audience and those parents that are also affected to share their stories, to talk about NICU. And NICU is one of those things that, and you've lived that as well, it's like one of those unwritten stories that like, if you've never lived it, you rarely know about it. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand 
how excruciating it is to leave the hospital after you've had your kids without kids, right? Or without your child. So we didn't want to give up on it. And we said, yeah, we could just leave that $23,000 there, let the hospital figure out the other half. It could take 10 years. It could, you know, it could be a, an anonymous donation sometime that comes in, but there was no certainty for it to follow the brand new NICU. Mm -hmm. So our team met up again and we started brainstorming. And last year, just for fun on Vistaprint, I printed mugs for my committee to thank them for helping out with the Tiny Dreams logo. And they're like, couldn't we do something with our logo? Like, couldn't we go get people some way, you know, to like participate and have like some of our swag, we'll say it like that. So we decided to approach the preemie parents with t-shirt sales for preemie power mm -hmm. and preemie day. So we said, if we can get families and their t-shirts before November 17th, we're actually going to be not only doing a fundraiser, we're commemorating and really understanding that day. Mm -hmm. And Jenna for about two years has been telling mm -hmm. me we need to bring back activities for World Preview Day because awareness is key mm -hmm. and understanding what the NICU does and understanding how special the nurses in the NICU are, like that's huge. And actually how prevalent it is too because it's one in 10 babies mm -hmm. born are born premature. And when you think about it, like you think of your kid's class at school, mm -hmm. there's at least one or two kids in a classroom mm -hmm. who were born premature. And when you get to that phase, like after you get out of the infant phase, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily something that's visible, mm -mm. but it has long-term impacts for it's those huge. babies and the families. And so, yeah, having those discussions and around the awareness and advocating for things like these cameras is a massive, massive, I don't know, social... Yeah. It's like a social impact, right? Like we're not just advocating for the, the, the funds to go towards what we're trying to bring into the NICU. There's that whole awareness component and also honoring, like we'll share um, stories from past NICU parents. Like I think last year we shared yours. Well, it's resharing these stories so that they're not forgotten in the sense that it's not necessarily something that you want to advocate. Like you're not walking around like with a label that says, I'm a preemie, I'm a preemie, I'm a preemie, right? But for the first two years, your child is actually in an adjusted age, right? So being on that adjusted age, everything is different. So you could be in a group of friends and your child is a year old and your friend's like, oh, my child started walking, I'm starting solid foods, et cetera, et cetera. But if your child was three months premature, you you're feeling those milestones aren't that. getting hit. So it's not just your NICU journey, it's everything that follows your follow-ups, your pediatrician follow-ups, et cetera that keep coming to play in um, you know, your whole NICU and preemie journey. So it's, for us, it's, like, it's an everyday reminder um, of how grateful we are. And what we notice too is that Tiny Dreams is kind of building its own brand. So it's being more referred to when we're talking about NICU than it was the first year when it was just me and my husband trying to do little live videos with a kid crying on our <laughs> shoulder. And so what's great about that is this year, about 33 weeks ago, I'm not quick on my math, about 33 weeks ago, um, we had a softball team approach us and say, we wanna launch a HACH fundraiser for our tournaments, but we wanna give a percentage of our funds raised to uh, Tiny Dreams. Wow. So when we started, we're like, okay, you know, that'll be great, we'll maybe get like $1,000 out of it, right? So as of 
today, if I got my numbers right, we're just over 7,000 7, profit coming into Tiny Dreams from the sales of the, Tiny, of the Chase the Ace. And they still have 19 weeks left. And the way it's been going, everyone is picking the card right beside the card that gets picked. And it's like, <laughs> you're watching the live and you're like, okay. They didn't pick it yet, so then it's another week, right? And whoever's going to win that jackpot, it's up to like 7,500, I think, I was for the say, half. If, if 7,000 so is what's coming to, to you, us, as a it's over 7,000 is going to the 50% that's yeah, going so to. How do we get our tickets? The winning. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so what we've been doing, we've been chasing, uh, we've been chasing, we've been chasing the ace. We've been sharing the chase the ace information on the Tiny Dreams campaign Facebook page, um, and they have members of their team that are tagged on the post. So you can contact any of those individuals to order tickets or get your tickets. And everything is done by e-transfer. You don't need to physically go anywhere. And they do send you a proof of lottery ticket with a lottery number on it. So it is like a legitimate lottery. And they, um, and if not, find us on Tiny Dreams Campaign. Inbox us. We'll coordinate all that. We'll get you guys in touch with somebody. Um, and we're not going to lie if we wouldn't say that some of our committee members are like, okay, we need to get our tickets this week. Don't forget to get your tickets. Mm -hmm. So every Monday... Uh, at 8 p.m. they do the draw at um, Fit Rocks oh, uh, Climbing. So they do it live there. Uh, they have their whole team there with their jerseys and they do it on Facebook Live. So you get to see them draw the, the person's name, you get to see them flip over the card and you see people sweating because you're like, <laughs> okay, that's so close, that was really close. <laughs> so that has been another contribution this year that's helping us. So between the t-shirt sales, so the t-shirts we've sold 80. So uh, we just closed our t-shirt sales yesterday. We do have a few extras if anyone wants to buy some. Um, so between the t-shirt profits and uh, the Chase CAs, we're, we're close to 8,000. Um, and that's just on our 25 for this year, right? So still have a long, long, long way to go, I feel. Uh, my team keeps reminding me that momentum starts slow, but then awareness and people like more understanding. And the closer we get to the 17th, um, the more people seem to realize, okay, we're running out of time, so we'll go and um, get our, put in our donation or get our tickets for the JCAs or contribute in other ways. So, um, you know, there's many ways to donate. There's many ways to contribute. And um, that's kind of what we're trying to get is get a variety to hit all those, like I mentioned earlier, families that might say like, you know what, I can afford a $20 t-shirt but I'm not necessarily up for giving $25 donation because right. you get the t-shirt out of it, right? right? So there's different ways to get everyone involved and the outreach has been good so far. So more awareness with the preemie parents in preemie power on what is Tiny Dreams, right? So, I mean, like us on Facebook. We're also on Instagram as well and um, that's how you can get more information on what's going on and more awareness. And you guys are set up that you can just take, like if someone does have the ability to make a donation, Absolutely. you have a button there that you can just go and, and make a donation yeah. at any time. So we have a link on all our social media or through the Friends of the Moncton Hospital page. Right now we're the monthly uh, donation uh, you can donate to this cause. Um, we also have uh, this year the possibility for you to be a, an ambassador. So... Um, I'm nudging someone beside <laughs> me. Uh, for us, the ambassadors are people who have a story to tell. So through our campaign page, you can create your own page and it's your own URL link that you can share through your social media, through email, plus the site allows you to send off campaign emails. If you have a list of email contacts you want to send to and say, help me out, here's my story. Um, and you tell your story and you put yourself a goal and you say, okay, I want to raise $1,000 this year. This is my goal. Help support and honor my children or someone I know who's been in the NICU mm -hmm. 
or even cooler, we also have one page right now, one of the teams, that it's NICU nurses. So don't necessarily have NICU children, maybe don't but even have, have children, but they have all of our children, <laughs> right? And all of our children have touched their lives. And NICU nurses are, it's I've seen many departments in the Moncton Hospital and I love them all. Like there's no one who I've met who hasn't been absolutely kind or caring, you know, whether it's, you know, the ER, oncology, wherever. But NICU nurses are a special breed. Like it takes, you're, you're treating like the smallest human, right? And if I look at my children, my smallest was about two pounds, 15 ounces. That's like, that's a lot of little manipulation, right? Like that's even like picking them for blood tests or whatever, like you have almost minimal skin or body to work with. So these people are absolutely caring. They'll sit with you if you need to cry, which I remember doing a lot of. Um, they'll, you know, hand you a tissue. They'll encourage you. They'll go through milestones with you as well. Um, I remember washing the babies for the first time. They teach you how to do it because they're so little. You're like, okay, how, how do I hold you, right? Like, I don't want to hurt you but we're gonna do your best. So they go through those moments and they make sure to document it for you. You're so overwhelmed doing what you're doing. The nurses are there taking pictures for you or coaching you. So they'll get another nurse to come in, one's helping you, the other one's taking pictures. They print out these pictures for you and then you have like this keepsake that you get to bring home. And I'll tell you, my NICU box is a lot more developed than my yep. toddler box right now. Yep. I have a box, it's empty and I wanna put stuff in it. I bought actually those Premium Power onesies because I'm like okay each of yeah. my kids is gonna get one the boxes aren't ready but my <laughs> NICU boxes are all on their shelf super well like laid out mm -hmm. and uh, they make sure you have all the information you need to remember what you've gone through so you know we receive letters from nurses you come in yeah. the next morning and there'd be a letter on the table saying hey mommy I had a great night I ate this much milk I did this I you know I pooped I peed I did this and just to make sure that everything's working properly and they just do it in a way that you can't, um, you know, you can't, you just can't copy these people. Like these people are literally gems. So um, a huge thank you to all the nurses that I know worked on my kids. I haven't been able to see them again because of the hospital being closed down. Um, if not, I would totally be bringing you guys donuts or Timbits or chocolate. <laughs> so Every time we had a follow up. Everything. Well, it, it was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was part of our discharge uh, details from Dr. Blaney that if I were to step foot in the hospital with my children, they needed to come say hello to all those people that absolutely. cared for them. And we did every time, I uh, swear. Absolutely. So we, what we did, we were sending chocolate to them through our checkups yeah. at Dr. Blaney's. Yeah. So we also had Dr. Blaney, yeah. we were like, okay, can you bring this big bag of lint chocolate yeah. over to the nurses? Because we love these people. Like they're part of our family. Um, and our kids will always know their names and know yeah. what they did for them. So uh, I can't even thank them more than what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to leave it there. We have to wrap up. So one last time, remind people how they can find information about Tiny Dreams campaign to, to celebrate and take part in World Prematurity Awareness. Absolutely. So our Facebook page, Tiny Dreams campaign, um, find us on Facebook. Uh, easy to find us and like us and you'll see a lot of posts and information that explains even how to become an ambassador um, also on our Instagram page which is also tiny the tiny dreams campaign uh, on Instagram and if you go through the Moncton Hospital donation page uh, and you go through the friends of the Moncton Hospital there's information there as well and if you're following the friends uh, the friends will reshare some of our posts on their page so if you have a hard time finding us find the friends of the Moncton Hospital and you'll be able to find tiny dreams 
Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, ladies.